Hello everyone, I'm Harrison. And I'm Rachel. In this episode, we're talking about some prenatal tests and screenings that are offered during pregnancy. So stay tuned and join us on our journey to Meet Meet Baby H. Welcome back. This week we're talking about some different types of prenatal testing that you can have done during your pregnancy. This does not include the initial blood work or urine samples taken by your doctor or any of the regularly scheduled tests like a glucose test or anatomy scan. All of these tests and screenings that we're talking about today are completely optional. Most of the tests that are done during a pregnancy are actually examining the wellness of the mother and the baby, and their main goal is to help you have a healthy pregnancy and birth outcome. Additional tests are usually offered to parents to screen their genetic risk for chromosome abnormalities and birth defects. Our goal is to present the facts as we understand them, as our doctor explained them to us, and what we've read through our research. We ultimately decided not to have any of these tests done, so if you're looking for more specifics on the procedure itself, we're not the best source. This topic can be kind of heavy, and at the end of the day, every family knows themselves and their history, so you have to make the decision on your own. Parents shouldn't feel the need to justify their decision to anyone. They already get enough judgment as it is. If they themselves have peace with it, nothing else matters. We'll tell you why we decided to opt out of these tests, but we definitely recommend that you take the time to discuss with your doctor and do your own research. So let's get started. I'll be honest, this episode was very difficult to write because I already have enough emotions as it is, and this topic is just heavy on my heart for a couple of reasons. Um, One, it just makes me anxious to think about all the different things that can go wrong during a pregnancy. And two, I've seen what a life with a disabled child can be like, and it would be very challenging. When parents are making a decision on whether to have any genetic prenatal testing done, it really comes down to two things. If knowing the results is going to change your opinion about continuing the pregnancy, you might want to know. And if knowing the results is going to help you better prepare for when that child is in your home, then it also could be really helpful. For us, we knew that ending a pregnancy was not an option, so it ultimately came down to do we feel like we need this information to prepare, or would knowing the information make the pregnancy experience harder for us? Rachel really struggles with anxiety, so her knowing what we're about to step into would make the pregnancy a lot more stressful for the both of us, and we really just have a lot of faith that whatever is going to happen, it's going to happen for a reason. And we have a support system around us through our families that will help us get through it no matter what happens. So when our doctors presented these tests to us, I really appreciated that they didn't pressure us. They gave us some resources to look through on our own time, talk through our genetic history, and were available to answer any questions if we had them. Most doctors will recommend that you get these tests regardless of your risk, but unfortunately for most people, they aren't actually covered by your insurance. We did take the time to call our insurance to see if they would be covered, but the tests are typically only covered if you have a child that already has a condition or if you're an advanced maternal age, which really just means that the mom is over the age of 35. And these tests are appealing because on top of assessing your risk, they usually are the first way that you can find out the gender of your baby. And I really wanted to know the gender of our baby as soon as I could. So one of the very first screenings that you can have done, even before you get pregnant, is carrier screening. So in carrier screening, they take blood from both parents and they determine your risk of passing on certain disabilities to your child. 
It's really important to remember that in carrier screening, that test is done early on and is not going to tell you 100% whether your baby will have that disease. They're going to be able to tell you the chance that they have that disease. And in most cases, the highest that they'll be able to tell you is 50% that your child may have the disease. Yeah. As you get a little bit farther along, there are some testing options that sample the baby directly through your amniotic fluid or through their own blood or DNA. Um, But these tests that are done through the parent's blood are more just presenting your risk. So heading into weeks 10 to 13 of a pregnancy, you could start looking into non-invasive prenatal testing. And basically, it's just a blood test for the mom. And in the mom's blood, they're able to find trace amounts of your baby's DNA And they're able to look for the risk of chromosomal abnormalities like trisomies, microdeletion, or gender abnormalities. Some of the gender abnormalities are having two X chromosomes as long as a Y or only having one X chromosome, which is typically referred to as XO. The biggest trisomies that they're looking for are Down syndrome, Edwards syndrome, and Patah syndrome. And this test will show you your risk of your baby having these genetic abnormalities, and your screening will come back with a percentage of how at risk you are or your baby is for having one of these chromosome abnormalities. And typically what they'll do after that is continue with an ultrasound where they'll kind of examine the baby's skull and the amount of fluid in it. And that can help them better understand if they really are at risk for this or not. Yeah, and if you're looking into this test, this is actually the earliest time that the doctor could tell you what the gender of your baby is. And they're not going to mess it up because they're actually looking at your baby's DNA. So it's something that Rachel really wanted to do, not to tell us what the chances of having a disability are, but really just to tell us what the gender is. But there are some other companies that you can use that work the same way. They will just look for the gender chromosomes and not any of the others, if that is something that you're interested in. But we did not end up doing any of those. Yeah, we decided not to do it because we didn't want to really know if we were going to have any type of chromosomal disability. And we just reached out to our insurance to see if it's something that the insurance would cover And it wasn't. So we weren't going to pay this additional price essentially to know the baby's gender a little bit earlier. And usually insurance is going to cover this test for mothers that are of advanced maternal age. So that's over 35 years old, which is really not that old. And it's typically not covered for younger mothers. Another test that can be done is called the CVS test. And this actually samples amniotic fluid, and they do this between 15 to 18 weeks of pregnancy, but they really try to avoid doing this test if they can because it creates a higher risk of miscarriage. So typically this test will be done as second or third step if you had any hard or soft markers for specific disabilities. Yeah, so basically the doctors are going to come back from the non-invasive prenatal testing And if you're above a certain percentage that you may have a certain disability, then they're going to recommend this test as a further step, but only if they think that you're really in risk and it's something they need to look further into. Yeah. 
And it's also important to note that there's a different set of doctors that handle these types of genetic testing. So typically, if you have more hard markers for things, meaning that it is way more likely that your child actually has something, then your doctor is going to refer you to a completely different set of doctors that are experts in genetic chromosomal abnormalities. Yeah, and these aren't the only times that they're checking for this. Later on in a pregnancy, when you go through the anatomy scan, they're also looking for some of these things. And so if they notice in your anatomy scan that something is wrong or maybe something's just growing a little bit differently, they still could send you down this route if you don't do the test. So this is not like the only way to determine if this is going to happen. There are still other steps along the way that are just just happen with any pregnancy to figure out if there's a chance that there's a disability. Another test that you can have done is a maternal blood screen or a quad screen, typically done between weeks 15 and 22 of pregnancy, and it's almost the same as the non-invasive prenatal test. They take a blood sample from the mother and are looking for four specific disabilities um, and your risk for them. So that's all of the optional tests that you can do throughout a pregnancy to figure out if there's a higher chance that your baby is born with a genetic disability. And we, at the end of the day, decided that it wasn't the best route for us. We knew that regardless of what the doctors told us, we still wanted to have this kid be a big part of our lives. And we know that we may not be the best prepared or 100% ready to take care of a child that has disabilities, but we were going to figure it out as fast as possible, and we have a support group that would be able to help us through it. And really, we were just excited to have a kid no matter what happens. Yeah. And most doctors and scientists really highly recommend these tests um, and believe that they can help parents make better informed decisions about growing their families. Um, but it is really unfortunate that these tests just aren't included in your regularly scheduled prenatal testing. Um, I really do believe that if these tests are something that doctors really want done, then they need to be a little bit more accessible financially to people. Yeah, they're really not cheap tests to have done. And really, at the end of the day, they just give you a percentage of whether your kid is going to be born with a disability or not. So if you have a family history of having a disability, it might be something more to consider, um, but you have to consider a lot of other factors. And it is possible to have a child with disabilities, but have no family that has a disability before. It's also possible for you to have a recessive gene that you don't even know that you have because you don't have two of them. And then you just happen to have a kid that has that disability. And if both parents only have one of this recessive gene, the chances are 25%. So all in all, we hope that this information could help you understand a little bit more about why these tests could be a benefit to you. But as always, make sure that you take the time to be informed through your own research and by talking with your doctor. Next time, we're going to talk about weeks 13 through 16 of pregnancy and some old wives' tales about the gender of our baby. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Thanks.